This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Everybody Lies, Massive Late Fees, House MD Podcast, bringing you the best in episode-by-episode coverage of HouseMD.com. Yep. So, this episode is entitled... Histories. Yeah, histories. Histories, mysteries. Uh, it's quite. There's quite a mystery, sort of, at the uh, the heart of this episode. It opens with a a woman who I mean, it's, she's clearly homeless, but she's going up to a home where there's a dude. Just now, I guess I don't think these are as popular anymore. But it's, you know, it's clearly a rave, and they found some abandoned house to stage their rave in. And they've got a guy standing outside. I don't know if this is the organizer of the rave or, or if there's more people involved or what. But they've got a guy, you know, charging at the door, 20 bucks. And she obviously... He's just like a doorman kind of guy. Yeah, she obviously doesn't have any money. But do you think this is still a thing now? I don't really know. I think one of my wife's coworkers said she went to a rave like a couple of years ago or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's a common. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, I, I've seen them in clubs and and things like that, but the abandoned house rave, I think, I think that was more of a uh, foreclosure uh, time period thing. Yeah, that'd be my guess. But so she goes in there and she says she's looking for James, and uh, she almost gets lucky. Uh, this this woman comes up to her and she's like, "Oh, I'll help you find James. James is right between my legs." And she slips her a pill. She ends up uh, collapsing. The police come to break up this rave, which, I mean, what did you expect was going to happen, honestly? Right, which is very fortunate for her, because if they hadn't, who knows what would have happened. Yeah. Yeah, she got lucky. She, that was uh, kind of ridiculous. I, I think you kind of undersold that. Like, this uh, this lady like kind of like says she'll take him to the guy. Mm-hmm. And then she like just gives her like a full-on kiss. But then like the 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 homeless person... She spits out, like, five pills. Like, how many pills did this lady slip into her mouth? Seriously? <laughs> and, like, the, uh, then the lady who slipped the pills, like, her girlfriend, like, shows up, and she punches the homeless woman in the face. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a scene. Really, you know, I think about it, this is easily the most tragic character I've seen in house so far. Oh, for sure. She is. I mean, yeah. Especially when, when the end comes up, and mm-hmm. this woman's just, like, shit on constantly. But so the, the police come there and they, they take her to the ER. Uh, Wilson, who, who is James, by the way, uh, James Wilson, he discovered, I mean, not the James she's looking for, but, you know, interesting coincidence. He stumbles upon her. She's, she's you know, has a twitch that he notices in her wrist. So he thinks that there's some sort of neurological problem. So he consults with Foreman, who's the neurologist. Foreman uh, doesn't like her. And apparently doesn't like homeless people, says she's faking, she just wants a place to stay. Homeless people are good for nothing. We might as well fucking eat them and <laughs> murder their babies and, and eat them all. Uh, Jonathan Swift was, was right. And he says she, she has a seizure. Her, her insulin level is 38, which is really low. <laughs> or, well, yeah, I mean, they do. Yeah, go ahead. And they did like a screen and they proved that she actually wasn't on drugs, which is what mm-hmm. he initially thought. So he's like, 
Uh, she probably has some mental illness. She probably got prescribed uh, Prozac and then like just never, you know, filled the prescription. Yep. You so, know, like you said, she's got a super low blood sugar, starts to have a seizure. Yeah. And then she just forgets who she is. He says that he bets that she'll have insulin. He he gets her bag. And this this is a funny thing because it kind of, it shows a little bit of a difference between him and House where he's he sees the bag, he smells it, it's putrid. So he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it. You know, I'm not, I'm not touching it." Later House does go into that bag. But he says, you know, eh, she she you know, this is what you should do. Uh, give her a hot meal, check her insulin levels, release her. So Wilson comes to house and says, you know, Foreman is wrong. He, he doesn't think anything's wrong with her or he doesn't give a shit. He just wants to kick her out onto the street. And, you know, I want her to get medical attention. House is fascinated by both things, by the fact that, that Foreman doesn't care and that Wilson cares so much. So, and he wants to know why. So he agrees to take the case. He, he says she needs an MRI. She has, uh, you know, something's wrong with her brain. That's what Wilson thinks. So she needs an MRI. And yeah, then he says, he actually says, and this is kind of interesting. He goes, um, he says, you know, he looks through her stuff and he tastes her vomit at one point. Yeah. Which is, I, I, I don't understand that at all. I mean, wow. Um, but he's like, <laughs> in house is very interested in like, you know, uh, history of the patient. He's actually well known for this. In fact, in this episode, he's assigned to a med student to teach him how to take histories. Yes. But he says, hey, she can't remember her, who, what's going on. She can't give us a medical history. So, you know, House looks through it. And then after he tastes the vomit, he goes, oh, it might be an electrolyte imbalance. So he says, put a bag on her and then, you know, mm-hmm. get, like basically observe her for like 12 hours or something like that. Yeah. Get a banana bag, which is, is basically it's potassium and, and all this, this other stuff, all these other multivitamins basically to help uh, balance your electrolytes and stuff like that. He says that her vomit tastes salty. So maybe it's an electrolyte imbalance. Uh, I don't know why you don't just take blood. Cause you can, yeah, yeah, you can see that in the blood. Uh, but he tastes her vomit and speculates maybe that's what it is. So they they do that, and he says, you know, hey, she's she's gonna need to get an MRI. Um, I'm trying to remember how exactly because Foreman's like, oh, so what, what happens is uh, she's like kind of like drawing the doctors. Yep. Like, you know, just, like, making those. And then Chase, like, tells, oh, Foreman doesn't really like me either. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but then she just flies into a rage while Chase is treating her. And she bites Foreman on the arm. Yeah, just bites him right on the arm. And then Chase is like, ah, oh, she doesn't have HIV or hepatitis. So, you know, Foreman is actually pretty nonchalant about mm-hmm. it. But so, but since they want this MRI, like you said, um, because they want to rule, they think it's an ovarian cyst, I believe, at this point. Not yet. They okay, just sure. think neurological problem. So they go, they go to, um... They need to give her an MRI, and then when they go to give her the MRI, um, they point out that she has a metal pin in her arm. Right. So she can't do that, so they have to surgically remove it because House tells them that he's like, yeah, it might be a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Foreman thinks it's a brain tumor, and if we don't do anything, she's going to die. So we need to surgically remove this pin and then give her an MRI. So they do, and they, they give her the MRI, which is clean, and Foreman's like... Foreman says, oh, so we just uh, put this woman through surgery for nothing. And House comes in. And he's like, hey, it's not for nothing. And he's like, let's look at her comic books. Maybe we can get some clues from there. Yeah, because For- Foreman, uh, even with a homeless person, he goes through her house. Mm-hmm. Yes. He like, gives his jacket to a homeless guy. And then she's got like this big binder full of papers. And there's also quite a few bats in this tent, which yep. is kind of curious. Yeah, they fly out. Be- 
Yeah, like you said, the MRI, um, they look at it and like they don't. There's no nothing in the brain or head at all. But um, House says, yeah, I just want to take the pin out because he, he actually kind of like plays a little prank on him. He's like, oh, because they kind of figure out who she is. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, let me guess, and he like gives a list of exactly what it is. Yep. But it's because when he took the pin out, they're all registered for like a certain uh, company, and he was able to find out exactly who the patient was. Yeah, in case of a recall, they're all matched. The they all have serial numbers, and they're all matched to whatever patients and. And the latest information they have on the patient. So if there's a recall on anything in there, they can immediately get a hold of somebody and say, hey, that's got to come out, uh, you know, yeah. whatever. So, yeah, so the various histories. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say they find out her name. They find out, you know, uh, basically the area where she's from. They also find out that she was in a bad car accident. Yeah, and also they find out that she's allergic to one of the medications they're giving her. Yes. Yes, Foreman. Uh, took her off the banana bag because her blood work came back and, and she was fine as far as that goes, the balance goes, and he gave her something. I can't remember what it was for, but he gave her something Epinephrine. Else. I don't know what yeah. that was supposed to It's because of the aller- allergies, I guess. Yeah, but so, yeah, she's got has allergic reaction, so they, they, they give her the uh, the epinephrine, and, uh, you know, they're finally able to to stop the, the allergic reaction. Uh then they go through, so they go through her medical file, uh, because now they've then now they have at least some information on her. And Wilson points out, oh, they're looking for ovarian cancer. She had stomach pain. They're looking for ovarian cancer because he knows the doctor. Being an oncologist, he knows. Yeah, that's right. He didn't know the. the yeah. He didn't know the doctor. He knows a lot of the other oncologists in the area, so he recognizes the name as an oncologist, and. So they give her an ultrasound, and they find um, they find a, something a, on her yes, ovary. Something on her ovary, and they're like, "It's huge." So they're like, "Okay, well, you know, if this is ovarian cancer, it's late stage ovarian cancer." And House says, "It's not cancer. It's a tuberculoma." Uh, she right. she lives outside. She gets tuberculo- tuberculosis. She could have a tuberculoma. And then at this point, House basically admits he's like, "Yeah, if it's it's a, a diagnosis that you know is like, that's you know, there's no hope. I'll just kind of make up something that it could also be in test for that. Like it's almost like a very optimistic way of doing it, right? Because they're like, get a because he's like, get a biopsy and then start her on a, the you know this this and this antibiotic. And Cameron says, well, that's not the treatment for you know that that's the treatment for a tuberculoma because he's he's like, yeah, it's probably ovarian cancer. It's probably not a tuberculoma. And she's like, but that's the treatment for tuberculoma. And he goes, and the treatment for late stage ovarian cancer is what? Because right. I mean, there is none. So it's like either do this or do nothing. Right. Then of course, uh, this is intercepted by a house uh, having to go to clinic clinic duty. Yes. And then basically when he gets there, he just like starts coughing all over everybody. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm too contagious to do this. <laughs> so, so Cuddy, you're going to have to. And he just kind of walks away. And that's when Cuddy saddles him with two, two women who are students who need to do histories. Right. So they come in. The house has a. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just uh, going to say, they, actually... they come in and, and they say, um, you know, they, they took a history of somebody They're They're reading him off the, you know, like she hurt her wrist and one says she was horseback riding and she goes, no, she said that she slipped at a beach house and he looks at them and he goes, huh? Interesting. And she's like, what room were they in? And they say the same room and they're like, huh? And he says, well, it's, uh, you know, they, she either 
is she what how much did she weigh and what color was her nose that's what he says and right. she goes i don't know she was thin and the other goes flesh colored and he goes <laughs> uh well she's either under 90 pounds or she has a red nose and they're like oh what does she have and he goes no no that's not teaching that'd be telling you and he's like, oh, you know, I can't uh, say no to you two or whatever. And he takes a big medical book out and he says it starts with C and gives them uh, the medical right. book and then, uh, you know, kind of walks away. Yeah. And then then uh, let's just let's just we should do this all at once. So it's mm-hmm. not confusing. Sure. I mean, then so like he, he comes with them later and um, he goes into the same room and he's 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 kind of holding a clipboard in front of her. He goes, and how'd you hurt your wrist? He goes, oh, I banged it at the uh, carnival. Mm-hmm. And then he turns and he shows the two women that he has a um a picture of a Ferris wheel on his uh right. on his thing. He goes, and so he basically very abruptly goes like, yeah, you know, this is uh she's got so and so. She has no memory. She's got this certain disease. You have to treat her for it. Mm-hmm. And when they came out, the woman's crying, and the the one of the, the one of the students goes, wasn't that especially cruel? Cruel? He goes, no. Watch this. And he just goes like and walks in by himself. And he mm-hmm. goes, what happened here? He goes, oh, a grumpy old man with a cane did this to me. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, yeah, she, see, she, uh, she has no memory. It's, um, it's, uh, you know, whatever. It's, it's fine. She's had, uh, what the hell was it called? It started with a K, though, not a C. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was K, uh, I can't remember. But, uh, basically, it's from, it's from, it's a, it's a thiamine, uh, um, deficiency from, it can come from alcoholism, or uh you know poor diet basically not a well it doesn't mean poor diet doesn't always mean like you're eating a bunch of fatty foods it just means a non-balanced diet because that's why she's super thin she's whatever she's eating she's not getting enough of certain vitamins that that she needs and she can't uh, make new memories basically sure but yeah, so that's, uh, that's, you know, that's, we proves that that's what it is, which, you know, I mean, isn't really teaching them how to take a history, but I mean, I guess whatever. Right. So they, uh, you know, like the biopsy comes back and it, it is a tuberculoma. It's not ovarian cancer, but in the meantime, she spiked a fever of 105, <laughs> which is not good. And no, they like had to make. I, I didn't realize they actually did this. They just make a big bath of ice and mm-hmm. just toss her in there. Yeah, sometimes that's all you, you can do to try to to cool when it's a big, what's an emergency like that. Yeah, um, don't try that at home, anybody. Uh, if if you've got somebody that's got like a hundred and five degree temperature, go to the emergency room and, and let them treat them. But yeah, they, they do do that sometimes, and I because I've seen it in movies where they do it at home and stuff. But it's not Jacob's ladder. Yeah, exactly. But it's not a safe thing to do at home because you can really hurt somebody. You have to be in a, a medical, uh, you know, place to do it. But th- yeah, this it- this episode is significant for me because this is the first one ever where when I was watching it. I said, oh, I bet she's got this. And it was that. <laughs> nice. Um, also, we need to point out, Foreman apologizes to the patient mm-hmm. because he, he he didn't think she was sick. Yep. Which, you know, a house would never do. And then she also apologizes because she, she admits she took too much insulin on purpose to mm-hmm. get into the hospital. Yep. She did want a place to stay. All right. But, um, so, yeah, she got this fever. And then when she's getting the water in the ice bath, she goes, it tastes like poison. Yep, and she spits it out. She doesn't want it. She throws it away. That was one of the big clues for me. And the the light from the outside all of a sudden becomes super intense for her. 
and she doesn't uh you know she doesn't want that uh in her face so he he turns all the lights off and everything slowly you know as this episode goes on he starts to see her more and more as as a person and um she she runs off she gets out and foreman's gonna go outside to look for her and Cuddy basically says, you're a doctor. You don't go and search for people. You call 911 and then the police search for people and then you treat people. That's that's how this stuff works. So don't be an idiot and, you know, stay right where you are. We'll call the police. So they do. I wonder what actually happened. I mean, didn't she just not get enough uh, sedation? I mean, that's just kind of weird. Well, she got. So here's the thing. She got um, 10 uh, milligrams of Haldol, I think, or something like that. And Wilson points out there is no way that someone just walks out after getting that much sedation. And Foreman says, I gave it to her. The it's very quick that they they mention this uh in the final diagnosis, but this disease does cause uh an inability for pain relievers to work, which is especially cruel uh, in what it does. Um, So that sedatives uh, basically don't work because of the stuff that's going on in the brain, because spoilers, it is neurological. Um, It it basically blocks them from from, uh, accessing the parts of the brain they need to in order to operate. So that's how she was able to just get up and walk out. But she walks out, uh, some cops find her, and she comes in and she's got a racing heart rate, like 155 uh, beats per minute, which, you know, they give her some Respirone uh, to calm her, her heart rate down and it goes down. So they're like, House is like, well, if this is tied into it, then I don't know what the fuck's going on. But he suspects maybe it's not tied into it. So he talks to the police officer and he's like, hey, that's a nice taser you got there. Um, about 60,000 volts, right? Because that's what it would take in order to elevate her heart rate like this, if you shot her with it. Um, and the, cause the guy's like, well, I just found her lying on the grass in this park and everything. And eventually he bribes him with a hundred dollars to tell him, yes, he hit him with a taser. She, he hit her with a taser in the thigh first. Didn't affect her at all. Hit her again. And that's what, uh, that's what brought her down. So house starts poking around the thigh. She doesn't feel anything, uh, pokes her on a, the, her toe on her other leg which she does feel. So it's, it's not like it's an ascending paralysis, uh, you know, one side or anything like that. It's patchy paralysis. Um, he knows what it is now. He takes, uh, takes a swab out of her mouth to, uh, you know, to put in a thing to test. And at the same time he says, Hey, that's where she bit you, huh? Uh, he stabs Foreman in the arm when he's not looking. He turns, I I assume it was a different needle, but I couldn't tell. Right. He turns and he's like, Hey, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, you can't get mad because you didn't feel it. Uh, turns out she's got rabies yes. from the bats. Because that all all that stuff adds up. And that, this is why, because I'd read about it before I, I watched this episode just, you know, like coincidentally. But that's how I got it because, you know, she's got a temperature. So I was thinking, okay, fever, or fever you know, I was thinking uh, infection then. And then in the same scene, like the, the photophobia and then the hydrophobia, the fear of light and the fear of water come out. And I'm like, Oh, those are symptoms of rabies. And I remember the bats and I was like, Oh, bats spread rabies. Probably, uh, probably rabies. And that's what it turns out to be. And I didn't know that, that, uh, because of the, you know, mechanisms that it does in your brain, that it, it 
causes um, sedatives to not work, but apparently it does, which sucks because there's like no relief for pain because it does cause, uh, you know, nerve pain towards the towards the end. It's I guess it's kind of painful. Um, but once you start showing neurological symptoms like she has, it's it's obviously uh, way too late. Uh, Foreman needs to get shots, which, you know, he does uh, so that he's OK. But I guess in real life, though, Foreman actually would have been too late at that point. If he can't yeah. feel it, it's progressive. Yeah, because he's if he can't feel anything, yeah, for sure. Like he's he'd be too far gone. And I don't know how many days it's been, but it's been a while. So yeah, no good. And that's the other thing too. Once she bites him, it's like, oh, she doesn't have AIDS and she doesn't have hepatitis or whatever. And he's like, well, I'm gonna get a tetanus shot. Th- those aren't the only things she could have though. There's like a ton of different infections that right. she could have that could be spread through through saliva contact like that. You know, so I he. They should have done more testing. Like in real life, he probably would have lived because in real life, they probably would have got to this diagnosis faster. But, um, but yeah, so she's got AIDS or she's not AIDS. That's the other episode. Oh no. She's got, uh, that too. She's got rabies and, and hemophilia, even though she's a woman. Right. And Foreman says that Foreman says he wants to find James for her. Cause in all these cartoons, you know, there's Mr. Fury, there's James, there's the bad guy, all this stuff. So they go to the house where the rave was. Uh, they find the the door. They find, I mean, it's basically she draws him a map to it. And they find this box with pictures of her and her husband, Paul, who's not James, Paul Furia. So Mr. Fury, uh, they find out who James is. It's her little son. And what happened is in that car accident, uh, they both died. She was driving. She broke her, her wrist, her arm. They both died. And then I guess out of guilt or she started taking drugs or I don't know, she ended up on the street um, and kind of lost it. Because, I mean, you, I would imagine they would be easy to lose it uh, in that in that situation. So Foreman comes up to her, you know, as she's laying down, she's looking away from him. She grabs her hand and she says, James. And he goes, no, it's Paul. And he basically says, Hey, I came here to forgive you. It wasn't your fault. She starts, you know, crying. She says, I'm sorry. And everything. It's a very kind of touching moment between the two of them. And, uh, and then we kind of end the episode with a Wilson outside. So we don't, we're, we we do not really find out why Foreman doesn't like homeless people or why he's, why homeless people make him mad. Yeah, they never, they never explain that part at all, but they, yeah, like you were about to say, they do explain uh, why mm-hmm. Wilson is so fond of them. Yeah, we do. We do later. We get more of, we get, we get the, we get basically get the reason over time. We get the reason why this is, but this is like kind of the beginning of it. Why Foreman, uh, you know, distrusts homeless people and stuff. Uh, Cause there's other episodes with, homeless people or indigent people or whatever. And we get the, the idea later, but yeah, we find out why Wilson, you know, has sympathy for them. He's, you know, sitting down and, uh, house talks, talks to him and house. I think kind of at this point figures out that someone he knows Wilson knows is homeless. So he says like, he's like, I met your mom and I met your dad and I met your brother. And Wilson says, I have two brothers. And he goes, Oh, and he's like, uh, you know, the other one I haven't seen, uh, he's like, he basically goes, this is the last place I saw him, uh, you know, nine years ago. I don't know if he's alive or dead or what. And, you know, House says, well, why, why didn't you ever tell me? And he's like, uh, never seemed relevant or, or whatever. Um, 
But then they kind of sit there. It's a nice, like, you know, friendship moment between between the two of them. So, you know, Wilson has a, and, and Wilson's homeless brother comes back. You know, I mean, not, we never see him, but, but the, him as, uh, you know, being talked about and as a character and stuff comes back, uh, you know, a few different times throughout the course of the, uh, the series. But this is the first time that we learn that, that Wilson has a, a brother who's on the street somewhere. But that is, that's basically the episode. Yeah. Good episode. What did you now? They they mention that there only, have only been a few cases of rabies. Uh, like I think they say like ten cases in the last five years or something like that. Because as they accurately point out, most of the time, if someone gets bitten by a wild animal, uh, especially a mammal, because mam you know uh, mammals are are what carry uh, rabies, then uh, you know you're you're going to get shots. So you know whether you because they don't they don't test they just. They just, they're, just they're, give you yeah they just give you the shots and they say hey it's a real hassle to track the animal down and behead it yeah because that's what they have to do yeah they have to behead it and track and and uh, and uh, test the brain um, so yeah they just give people shots and they're like hey you know if you would have gotten rabies now you're not going to so you right. know that's uh, that's what they do so yeah they they say that uh, you know there's like ten cases or whatever um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I've got to imagine that it's pretty rabies is fairly rare. You know, I know that. Yeah, it's a, on the scale of the website I, I use for reference. It was a seven out of ten for rarity. Okay. Like they said, only like fifty cases have been contracted in like fifty years, essentially. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, at this time uh, when the episode takes place, there actually was an uptick in uh, rabies in New Jersey because I guess the raccoon population had exploded. Oh, okay. I mean, so I mean, I can't imagine it was like you know, hopefully not people dying from it. Just probably like, you know, infections of it. And they said right. like a normal, a doctor would actually routinely check for rabies at yeah. that time period. Yeah, I would think so. Um, but just be a homeless lady with a bunch of bats in her uh, tent. Yeah, that's the thing is bats spread it more often than than most other mammals because yeah, more it, most most cases are from uh, insectivore bats, mm-hmm. like sixty something, sixty four percent. I think. Yeah, I believe bats can carry it longer than most mammals, uh, like, you know, dogs or squirrels or things like Like, usually they show a lot of outward signs, so people would stay away from them. Obviously, dogs, you know, famously foam at the mouth. I believe squirrels uh, do the same thing, and it kills them much faster, so they they have less of an opportunity to, to do any Spread kind of damage. Probably but, less human interaction. Yeah, but I think, bat, I think bats carry it, uh, carry it longer. Uh, with you know no no outward symptoms basically so that's kind of why they yeah. they spread it more as you know in the book Cujo uh, the woman who initially gets it uh, gets uh, rabies from a, a bat yep that's right but yeah so uh, that is the episode though uh, what'd you think Mike overall of this episode I liked it I mean I thought it was weird that uh, Foreman and uh, Wilson are just like speaking as if they're like you know like colleagues yes i guess yeah. technically they are colleagues but like peers that's what i'm looking for because like they're just like shitting on each other and like no one says oh my god what are you doing but you know it's just because yeah. it's like his boss's boss well maybe not i don't think wilson is like a direct chain of command but yeah he's he's a higher up at the hospital wilson so i don't know if wilson is head of oncology at this point at some point he is head of oncology but i, I think he is because he has the same office so i'm pretty sure that at this point, and he's got to be in charge because he does whatever the fuck he wants. He just goes yeah. and hangs out with like House and his like students for like episodes at a time. Yeah. So like, 
Wilson is head of the oncology department. Obviously, it's a different department, but still, he's the head of a department in the hospital. And as we later learn, he's on the board of the hospital. So, yeah, he very much has a a like leadership role in this hospital. And, um, you know, uh, Foreman is, you know, I mean, Foreman's a doctor, but Foreman's a fellow. You know, he's not like, uh, it's not like he's, you know, he's not even like a full department member necessarily. He's like a fellow of this department. So um, like, you know, it's, yeah, he's, he's definitely below him for sure. But I yeah. like, I like Foreman a lot and I like Wilson a lot. So yeah, they're, they're fun, but it's just like, you know, obviously it's a fictional television mm-hmm. program. But yeah. To think of it in real life, it's like, I don't think that would happen. No, I'm pretty sure that Foreman would. But at the same time, you could say Foreman might be arrogant enough to do so because he he definitely believes himself, and you know if he thinks something's wrong, he's going to speak up. Yeah, I suppose that's possible. And, and you know, at, at this point, I don't know if he knows it or not, but at this point, he's pretty much got the protection of House. When he talks, it's almost like House talking because House is never going to get rid of him. Great. But yeah, definitely, I like both those characters, so the fact that they kind of focused on those those two characters, uh, you know, I like this episode uh, quite a bit. I think this is, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, like, little humors in the episode, and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of good character moments for Wilson and, and how, or, um, and Foreman in this episode. We learn a little bit more about their characters, so I think definitely yeah. uh, another good episode. Yeah, I like, again, how they're just kind of slowly, like, you know, giving you the, you know, the mm-hmm. background of characters and not just like, you know, oh, by the way, I was, I, you know how I used to do so-and-so and so it's, you know, it's, it's nice to kind of teach. Yeah. One of the good, th- one of the things that they do pretty well, uh, cause every once in a while they have a, an episode that focuses strongly on a character where you get maybe, you know, a, a good amount of information in one episode. Uh, and you know, th- those are of mixed results in my opinion some of them are good some of them are it's like a little bit too much but for the most part they do a really good job of slowly forming these characters over time like i mean we're still learning probably well into like the third season we're still learning more things about these uh you know these background characters where like you know we have a good sense of their character before then, but we're learning even more stuff that kind of enriches and informs, uh, you know, more about them. So I, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's uh, really nice to watch. But that is our episode for the week. Uh, you know, come back next week. Tell some friends about it. If you know anyone that, that loves House MD, still watches reruns, talks about the show all the time, thinks that they can uh, diagnose your your ailment, uh, says, hey, have you been walking in tall grass? Maybe you've got Lyme disease. Uh, you know, let tell them to come and, and uh, listen to this sh- uh, massive late fees, Everybody Lies. Uh, we'll, we'll welcome them with, with open arms, and we won't alienate them. We'll talk about AIDS. Exactly. But uh, that is our show for the week. We'll see you next time. Bye. See you next time.